time to relax. You know what that means. It's time to be blinded by science on a new episode of the Original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. And we're back again this week to talk about another movie and do some more shenanigans. I'm going to ask you to step away just from that microphone just a little bit. You are killing everyone. (laughs) But we can continue. I'm so sorry. Is that better? Yes, it's a little bit better. (laughs) Did that bring anyone back to life? Or are they just dead now? I think they're dead now. Oh, well. I'm sorry, Grandma. <laughs> sorry this was the one episode you chose to listen to. <laughs> you did it to yourself, though, Grandma. You did it to yourself. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, for whoever tunes in late, which this is a podcast, so that's hard to do. It's not like the radio. <laughs> but if you're turning in, if you somehow skip the first couple, you know, minute or so because you thought there was going to be ads... Um, and you're just joining us now and you're still alive. We're here to talk about a little movie called The Core. The Core! The Core! <laughs> it's in the core. <laughs> it was a movie about working out your abs, doing some push ups, building that core strength. My jelly core. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a God. great movie. What did you think about it? Uh, well, let's, let's give the, the details. Uh, this was a 2003 movie, I do believe, from IMDb. Uh, Sounds about right. It was right. a disaster film about the uh, – basically the Earth's magnetic core has stopped kind of firing. The magma core is not doing anything. It's just sitting around watching TV and It has stalled. And- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will say after watching this movie again, I just watched it probably like maybe three weeks ago too. But after watching this movie, I I didn't realize how much of this movie I can basically quote. Like I was cleaning my place while watching wow. this, and I was just quoting the movie as the movie was going. I was like, man, I've watched this movie too many times. <laughs> That's true, because <laughs> I didn't remember there being a whole lot of memorable dialogue, um, other than one line that really was bad. But other than that. <laughs> Um, so overall, um, you've seen this movie obviously a million times. I had never seen it till just now. Um, but I will say I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I think this is a movie that if you watch it, like Twister, I feel like tries to take itself kind of seriously when this is a movie (laughs) I think that doesn't try to take itself seriously. (laughs) This is a movie that knows what it is. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't quite as goofy as like Armageddon. It kind of walked the That's line, really I'd say, between those two, where yes. it was kind of goofy, but it did try to be somewhat serious at times. So it was kind of in the in between area. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 appropriate, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which that might be why like Armageddon is still like way up high for me at the top of disaster movies. Oh God, I mean, it's I just don't have... so goofy that I love it. It is definitely goofy. There's nothing doubt. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> That's like the one Michael Bay movie where I'm just like, all right, it fucking works this time. Because I feel like the disaster movie is kind of the place where you can get away with that kind of thing. Like, I don't like when they take disaster movies that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it works. I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, I haven't seen as many as you, so maybe there are some that, you know, do that and they're fine. Like, I hear The Impossible's good. I'm sure that one 
does a little more serious of a I keep job with that it. That's a movie. Yeah, that one. That one is serious. That's probably the one serious movie that actually works. To be honest with you, most of them, in my opinion, don't work too well. Um, like when we start getting into like uh, the day after tomorrow, I think that that one tries to take itself too seriously, where it becomes goofy. And that's why I don't like it. Yeah. And same thing with maybe 2012. I feel like that's another one that tries to take itself seriously but becomes goofy. Where this one, I feel like, I think you're right. It probably does walk that line. Because there are definitely parts where it's just like, well, that was kind of goofy. And that was intentional goofy. Where, like, Twister, I think, is one of those movies. I think that that one works, too. I love Twister. Um, I haven't I seen that one in a long time. But that's probably pretty high up there, I would think. I remember liking it when I was a kid. Oh, I love that movie. Um but yeah, I think overall it's just uh it's just a fun movie because like some disaster movies when you're watching it will focus a lot on the story, which is fine, but then there's just really nothing interesting to watch. Um whereas in this one there's fun stuff happening on the surface of the earth where you're <laughs> yeah. just like, "Oh, there's some really cool stuff going down." And even when they're going down into the core, that's interesting to watch because it seems like they just keep hitting speed bump after speed bump after speed bump. And that's fun for me to watch as the viewer because I'm not just watching them go into the earth and just having this boring adventure. It's, oh, (laughs) what does the fuzz mean? Or, uh uh-oh, what does black mean again? What could possibly be black? Why can't – there's so much of it. So it's so cool watching this, like, journey into the middle of the earth and watch the crazy stuff happen on top of the earth. I don't know. It's just a fun movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of very few movies where they actually explore going down into the Earth. That's not something you see very often. <laughs> no. Going to space, fine. Going in, you know, down into the deep parts of the ocean sometimes. But really just going towards the center of the Earth, not a whole lot. Nope. But they do it here. <laughs> yep, they sure do. <laughs> With a giant fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. You're disgusting, and you're right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you mentioned all the stuff going on on the surface. I could have used a little bit more of that, probably, but they, I did like the, that they kept doing a bunch of different things. There were like different things going on, and it wasn't just like, oh, here's an earthquake, and here's another earthquake, and here's another earthquake, or something like that. Like, it was... Some cool stuff, like the bird attack I thought was pretty cool. All the birds are just going crazy because they're all thrown off <laughs> yeah. from their you know, cycles and everything. Right, the you know, magnetism. lines are all fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the ozone so can't, like, layer is another amazing part that I absolutely love. Uh, when yeah. the, oh, the ozone layer starts to tear, and then basically what ends up happening is it starts to spread, basically on you know on the San Francisco Bay, and it starts to get wider and wider. And there's no resolution to it, and I'm kind of glad that there's not because I don't need like, well, what did they do? What? Why did they? What <laughs> happened? Did they just put a bandaid on this? I have no idea what ended up happening with this. Yeah, and I don't care. That's uh, true. I'm Plus just the West Coast just permanently fucked. <laughs> yeah, um, she's just scorched. But yeah, it just basically opens up where the so you know the solar winds are able to basically blast through the Earth and it burns the Golden Gate Bridge and just tears it to shreds, and all you know, a whole bunch of people die and whatnot. I, again, I don't know if they fixed it. I would imagine once the core started going that it possibly started building the uh, the EM field around the Earth again. I, I suppose. Yeah, I I'm sure. It took a while though, so that thing was probably just burning holes for a while. Yeah. And as the Earth rotates, it's just going to keep moving. So that sucks. Uh, ah, who cares? 
<laughs> That's one thing I will say. Like this movie, like definitely walked the line between like what's scientifically possible and what's not. Like I don't know. I'm not you know a scientist. This stuff sound well re- sounded like well researched, but I don't know that it was. I'm sure this is one of those things where if like an actual scientist saw this, they'll be like bullshit. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. But it seemed like some research into it. <laughs> that's the best part about this movie is like, and that's why I like movies like this is like they're feeding me stuff like kind of like Event Horizon when like Doctor Grant is explaining the basically that uh, how the time and everything works and whatnot, and it's just like it, they're explaining it. And it makes sense to me. I have no idea if it's actual information or not, but I'm glad that I'm learning. <laughs> Um, and that this is a movie that does that because like when what's his face oh god what's his name uh, Joshua when he starts explaining how, the uh, the the core of the earth and the mantle and the crust and all that with using a peach and he's explaining all that and it's just like yeah he broke it down for stupid people like me to understand I get this um, it just works. <laughs> It did crack me up when they called him Joshua. I was like, oh, of course Pete likes this movie. <laughs> Anytime there's someone named Joshua. <laughs> it, gets, it gets my Joshua jollies off. <laughs> I'll also say that uh, the movie Sunshine really owes a lot to this movie. I feel like they totally ripped it off. Oh, I know. I know. I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty much the same plot. They're, uh, they're trying to restart something with nukes. Things gradually keep going wrong, and they keep losing crew members. At least this one didn't have the weird, like, sun vampire god at the end, though. <laughs> so I'll give it that much. It's even got the part where, like, uh, where Josh will go into, uh, I, don't remember, I don't remember what it's called, but to get those, like, nuclear thingamajiggies, uh, those batteries out of the, the cold nitrogen or whatever, where he's, like, burning his hands. Um, Chris um, Evans even does that but even to the more extreme in Sunshine. So there's a lot of back and forth in, from this movie comparing it to Sunshine. Because <laughs> I was like, when did Sunshine come out? Oh, wait, that was later. And there's so many parts where you go back and forth where it's just a ship going into space compared to the ship going down under. Uh, but let's, yep. let's basically explain really quickly what this... Uh, yeah. We've already talked about a lot of this movie already. But um, basically, that this movie is... Uh, like Kevin already said, the, the core has stopped. It's basically stalled. And what they need to do is find a way to get into the middle of the Earth. And uh, the only way they could do that is basically working together with a bunch of people who may or may not know how to do this. It starts off with an EMP basically happening in the middle of a city. I don't remember what it is. Um, but this stops everybody's pacemakers from working. Just, just It wasn't a huge EMP, but it was enough to stop everybody's pacemakers and killing a whole bunch of people. So they bring in this Josh mm-hmm. guy who's the scientist or a professor out of Chicago and basically ends up uh, – uh, determining that it wasn't like a, a weapon uh, from another country because uh, the military brings him in, determines that it wasn't a weapon from another country and this was just a weird phenomenon. Um, so they, they basically escort him out, but then this weird bird thing that Kevin was explaining happens, and this isn't the first uh, occurrence that this happens, where birds just start flying into everything, that their magnetic uh, yeah. uh, directional what birds use to fly is basically just thrown off. And some of his students are determining, Hey, this isn't like the first time that this has happened. So Josh starts digging further and deeper into this and finds out. Yeah. That, it's happened a couple of times over the last year or so. Yeah. So he determines that, Hey, this isn't, this isn't right. Something's going on. And he determines that the core has stopped that. I will say that this, uh, this, this crazed bird scene was 
Way better than anything that was in either the Birds or Birdemic. <laughs> like, they did a better job. Well, Birdemic's <laughs> terrible, so that's a really hard one. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch to try to, like, oh, yeah, 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 it's better than Birdemic. <laughs> Me taking a dump in toilet water has better-looking birds. Um, but, yes, it's true. you are very much correct. It is better than Birdemic. But it, yeah, no, this bird scene is quite so amazing. It might be the best bird attack in film history at this point. Um, again, you might want to step away from that mic just a little bit. You're blowing everything to schmitherines. Um But anyways, uh, we then uh, determine that – well, we don't determine anything. But basically we get a little bit more uh, shots of him and his friend Serge – uh, determining, yeah, you know, this is the end of the world. And they try to find this one guy uh, who's this, you know, crazy scientist of, uh, called Zimsky. And he has written some papers and whatnot and works for the government and gives him their thesis of like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, I think the core has stopped and the world is about to end. So uh, all that being said, Zimsky and everybody uh, start to work together to basically – uh, come up with a plan to show the government, hey, the world is about to end. We need to do something. The government says, well, what can we do? And they say, there's nothing we could do. You can't go into the earth. There's no <laughs> way to restart the core. The core is stopped. It's done. So Zimsky yeah. knows a guy, apparently that he used to work with, named, oh, God, what's that guy's name? Um, <laughs> you only know the lines of dialogue, not the names. I know. I feel like I should know this guy's name, though. Um Rat, oh my god, he's got a weird name. Rads or Rash? <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Rash. <laughs> he's one of the battle toads. Yeah, we'll just call him <laughs> Rash. But basically, um, uh, this Rash guy knows how to make this laser that can pretty much just go through anything, literally anything. The only thing it can't go through is diamond. But if it's if there's anything else in front of this thing, it's just going to blow a hole through it. He also has this high-pressured substance called, that he calls unobtainium, which... Uh, you don't like that name? No, that's the worst name ever. They use it in, like, everything. That was the thing in fucking Avatar, and it's the stupidest name. Why would you call anything unobtainium? All right, well, let's... That's just code for, like, fake shit. Let's That'd back be like up. saying, like, oh, what's, what's his address? One, two, three, fake street. Because you know it's not real. Let's back up. Let's back up now. Now, I want to know who coined this term first, because if it was the core, then it's a fine name. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> but Avatar using it means that they've stolen it from, well, <clears throat> they stole it from the core. Um, so <laughs> I was looking it up online to make sure, and it was the same. I believe it's just kind of a common thing, like, Whenever, whenever your script is too lazy to come up with something, people just go with unobtainium. <laughs> well, anyways, they call it's it unobtainium. Ever. I like the name. If it's unobtainable, it's not a thing. <laughs> well, technically, Clearly it is obtainable. <laughs> well, whatever. So, anyway, <laughs> the, the original name has 37 syllables, all right? So, just, we have to call it something. Can't call it Black Gooby. I would rather call it Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> we call it Joshua. Um, but also, uh, 
Hillary Swank is in this movie. Her name is Beck, and there's some commander guy. I can't remember. I've seen him in a couple other movies, I think. Um, oh, yeah. He's been in a lot of things. Um, but both him and her are in this movie, and they're NASA uh, astronauts, and uh, they're also along for the ride. Um, there's some really good lines in this movie. Oh, there's a couple. There's a bunch of good quotable lines in this movie. Well, anyways. <laughs> um, Lay them on me, and uh, I will. I will. I'll, I'll get to it. So basically, um, the commander and Hiller Schwenk have a conversation where he's basically telling her that you could be a good leader, but you're not going to become a good leader until uh, you always win. And you could be a good uh, leader, but you can't always win because you don't become an actual winner until you lose. Or something like that. Some somewhere in those <laughs> veins. You can't be a leader unless you've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and and she she's one of those people who are really lucky with everything. Um, uh, they save them. She saves them from this crazy crazy scene where the shuttle has to land in Los Angeles because the because the core has stopped. His <laughs> his calculations for getting back into where uh, wherever this rocket was going to land in the first place when they're coming down from space. Um, his calculations are off because the core has stopped, which means the world is now just changing a lot so this puts him in a, a collision course for la where she finds and again this is a another point to why this movie doesn't take itself so seriously where they have to land in the <laughs> la river um so uh they do that they have to basically land in the uh the chase scene from terminator 2 yes um, that's exactly <laughs> it um so they do that because because science um and it stops like right in front of one guy who didn't yep. see it coming and was gonna get run over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so they they come along for the ride, so it Raz, that's his name, Raz. So it's Raz. I was so close, I don't know how I didn't get that. Raz, Beck, whatever the commander's name is. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle, uh Josh, Serge, and Zimsky, I think it's just those five, are now Working together with the government, they have three months to build a ship that has this insane laser and has this basically this unobtainium. Uh, I should have also mentioned that this unobtainium becomes stronger the more pressure it's under. All right, so uh, it's one of these things that basically cannot be destroyed. And they even, uh, as well as diamonds, this laser cannot blast through this unobtainium. Um, so yeah. what, what ends up happening is they build the ship, they build the laser. Everybody's got a part on this. Josh is the leader of this expedition. The commander is basically the pilot. Is that true? <laughs> I did like that they're like, oh, you know, this thing's 10 years away from, you know, being ready to use. They're like, well, what 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 will it take to get it done in three months? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> well, I think it was 10 years. So it's definitely stretching the bounds of reality, probably, the, even with all the money. But still. Yeah. I mean, I think it was under 10 years just because he had to gain funds for that. So I think it was one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree that this thing is probably a stretch to get this done under three months. Probably a little hard. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. how much manpower you got. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. Brand new technology you're putting together. It seems like a lot of, a lot of work. So Josh uh, and ba- all these people are now about to go into the ship and – they they board the ship. They start their way through the thinnest part of the crust, uh, which is down in the ocean. Um, I'm not going to explain the whales bit, but there's some whales. <laughs> we should also mention uh, there's another cast member that we haven't talked about yet. They uh, they didn't want this to get out to the to the world, so they've gone oh, yeah. to this internet hack. <laughs> I love this Played guy. by DJ Cole. <laughs> 
You know, I always thought I liked DJ Qualls. Uh, and he seems like the perfect one for this part. But then his acting was not so good. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that this is one of his first gigs, to be honest with you. He just looks like the perfect character in this movie. Uh, I mean, Euro Trip was definitely before this. Oh, yeah, and you might be right. Probably. I don't know. I don't mind him in this movie. I think he's all right. I like this guy, no matter what he's in, to be honest with you. Um, he had the line that I fucking hated, but it's not his fault. He didn't write it, I'm sure. Oh, but what's the He's line? just like, how many languages do you speak? One guy's like, five. And he's like, I speak one and zero. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. <laughs> no, he says one. I speak one, zero, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero. And with that, I can basically access everything that you have, all your sexual fantasies, everything, your bank account, all of that stuff. And I thought that that was cool, too. That's another great line. That's a terrible line. It's a good line. So anyway. We still don't understand what computers are in 2003. <laughs> all right. Well, anywho. So um, we get further and deeper into the, the Earth. And as we start to do that, we're entering the mantle at some point, and at some point, uh, they uh, Joshua has built this X-ray machine because he's actually uh, an X-ray physicist or something like that, or he, he does something with X-rays and whatnot as well because of his I don't know. He does a lot of stuff. Who knows? Who cares? Well, anyways, <laughs> at some point, they're using this uh, sonar X-ray thingamajiggy to navigate them, and they come to a point to where there's some fuzz and he says i've never programmed the uh the you know the x-ray to see nothing there's nothing there <laughs> so eventually they drive themselves into what is a giant geode filled with amethyst which is where i got the name <laughs> it was because of this movie which i'm glad yes. is what sparked the idea <laughs> way to go core Thank you, you saved core. us all should have just named it the core <laughs> So anyways, they drive themselves into a giant geode filled with amethyst, but unfortunately the the ship just basically collides into all this all this crystal and whatnot and is uh, uh one of the crystals has jammed their propeller. So unfortunately, and I don't know how they would have gotten out of there to be honest with you if the lava didn't start coming yeah. through there. Um they got lucky and unlucky at the same time. Uh so unfortunately, they have to drill through this amethyst, break this amethyst off so they can free the propeller. But unfortunately, because they've breached this geode, uh, the commander has uh, found himself in an un- unfortunate circumstance where some of the lava <laughs> has landed into his brain hole. You know, that spot on the yeah. top of your head. Kills the commander, <laughs> and everybody else gets back in there, uh, into the ship as the lava finally, you know, comes down. They break the crystal. They get the hell out of there. Um, Which, by the way, I, I, I would say that I like to. I did like the fact that some of them got to die heroic deaths. Some of them just died stupid deaths. <laughs> That's the sign of a good uh, disaster movie. Yes, I like all of the deaths <laughs> in this movie, except for I feel like Serge. They probably <laughs> that could have been. He had to get his notebook. He had some good doodles in there. He drew a really cool unicorn. <laughs> I. I mean, all right, the notebook thing was stupid, but what really made me angry is, like, Beck had to use that opportunity to, for, like, to have that as a failure so she could become a good leader. Like, she could have absolutely <laughs> opened up that door for a second, get him out of there, yeah. and then close right. the door. It's not like it was going to damage the integrity in the next 
two seconds. <laughs> it was just that one opportunity where she's like, I need to kill him so I can have a failure under my – because the commander said I need to lose something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyways. Um, That's rough. So they uh, – they, unfortunately, the commander dies. They make their way further and further into the uh, to the mantle where, unfortunately, now they're on a collision course with all these gigantic diamonds, which actually, if you think about it, and again, I don't know if this is actually true, and I don't think anybody will ever know, but would kind of make sense that there are giant diamonds because it's basically all the pressure of all the coal that creates diamonds. So being mm-hmm. so far into the mantle, it would make sense that there are giant diamonds or at least you know, good-sized diamonds down there. I don't know if they'd be just floating around in lava and whatnot, but I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But, Bill Nye, you tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. But the ship starts to make its way through, and it's dodging all these diamonds and whatnot. And unfortunately, it breaks uh, through the, the very last compartment, which I think was the storage compartment or whatnot. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, of the, the whole ship. Unfortunately, this is where we lose Surge, like we just said. Unfortunately, Josh and Simkiski could and Raz could not get him out of there. So Surge unfortunately dies. If there's ever a breach, the uh, the ship is designed in a way to where it closes it off and will eject itself. Which, again, I've never understood. Like, what if there was a breach in the middle? <laughs> I've watched this movie a hundred <laughs> times, and I always thought to myself, what if there was a breach yeah. in the middle? <laughs> well, it's supposed to design. <laughs> Can they link back up somehow? Is there, like, magnets? They'll just pull the other ones together and shoot the other one out or something? Nah, I don't know. But they got lucky. So what where... if it's the front one? Like, the front one, like, everything's gone then. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess you just lose. You lose the game. Um, <laughs> game over. So uh, we lose Surge at this point, but now we're getting closer and closer and closer to the the core itself. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they've discovered that uh, the core is much thinner than they anticipated, which means the blast from these nuclear warheads that are on this uh, ship that they were going to use is not going to create this ripple effect as they were intending on it creating. So... Um, they... Which this I had a problem with. Like, why would you not bring some more nukes? <laughs> bring some extra plutonium rods? You know, they even said earlier, like, well, this is our best guess of what it is. So you don't really know. Why not bring extra? Well, this is another amazing part with some more amazing lines. I will say, though, the, uh, the other line that uh, I do like from this movie, the one that's memorable, is when uh, Josh is very angry with Beck when why she didn't open the door to Surge. And he's like, um, <laughs> we need to say, you know, we need, you know, we need him to save the world or whatever. And Beck screams back, no, not the whole world, Josh, just three of them. And she's talking about <laughs> Surge's uh, family. And I love that yeah, line. It's, it's so good. I love that line. Yeah, no, not the a... whole world, Josh. Just three of them. God, Josh. <laughs> You're so insensitive. <laughs> I love this. God, I love this movie. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, that wasn't bad. That's definitely way head and shoulders above the zero one line. <laughs> so because the nukes. Yeah, that's true. It is definitely better. Um, <laughs> because the nukes are not strong enough, Zimsky says we need to fire off Project Des- Destiny. Well, we learn a little bit about this Project Destiny thing because what ended up happening was is America being so so super 
I don't know. Paranoid? Yeah, paranoid. That's that's the word. So super paranoid that Russia or anybody else has made these crazy weapons or whatnot. They decided to make this weapon that would actually uh, affect the core of the Earth. And Zimsky was the one who built this weapon that basically drilled down and was going to be used for an ultimate weapon just in case somebody did something crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, as Josh actually uh, states, you throw a wrench... In an engine, it could still mess up the engine. Well, even something so small as drilling into the earth to the core, even though it was so small, it stopped the core. And they didn't know that that was going to happen. So they were going to use this weapon, this Project Destiny, to possibly jumpstart the core. And they they weren't sure if it was going to work. They were just taking a chance. So plan A was to basically use the nukes. That wasn't going to work. Or, yeah, the warheads. Uh, so they were going to go to plan B, which was... Project Destiny, they had no idea if this was going to work. They didn't think it was going to even have enough power to jumpstart it, but it was a chance they were willing to take. So Josh comes up with Plan C, uh, <laughs> use the warheads and restart the core somehow and uh, you know, book it out of there. Zimsky doesn't like this idea because uh, the, com- or the general or whatever, he is about to you know, set some... You know, that set up Project Destiny. My mind is going at a million miles an hour, and I'm very sorry. One, I love this movie, but I just drank a monster with really not eating anything today. So, like, I'm shaking and everything. So as soon as I'm done explaining this, I'm going to go grab a bowl of cereal while we're talking about other stuff. (laughs) Because I am dying on the inside right now. Well, anyways... (laughs) You're spewing all of your life essence out of your mouth. Oh, my God. I'm sweating so bad. So, anyhow... um, uh, So... Josh comes up with the idea. I will say it was weird to me that uh, they when uh, the the was his name Zimsky. Yeah, Zimsky. he explains that the, the uh, you know destiny is an acronym. Basically, it's D E S T N or T I N I. But then they keep saying Project Destiny and spelling it out like the word destiny. Like, why isn't it with an I? So th- that's a funny thing. Uh, the military does that as well, and I don't know if that's how they did it in this movie to do that as well. But the military does that so many times where they'll spell out a <laughs> stupid word, use an acronym for it, but then they spell it like how the word's supposed to be spelt. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't come up with an acronym and just <laughs> yeah. spell it however you want to do it. So I don't know if they did that on purpose or if they just whatever. I have no idea. But anyways, <laughs> um, so we, uh, we, we are now in uh, plan C, try to restart the core somehow. Uh, they come up with a, yep. a good plan. They come up with a good plan that instead of setting off one giant nuke that will cause this ripple effect to basically restart the core, they'll set off each one of the compartments of the remaining of the ship to basically have a nuke in each one that will set off one at a time, and they have to be basically on it, setting the nuke up in the correct spot, and then having them go off at the exact second as the end of the ripple. I don't know how they did all this. This is another part where obviously it doesn't take itself so seriously because they have to be at the exact same location at the exact same second uh, for all mm-hmm. these things to go off. Obviously, you're just like, yeah. how, how are you going to know how to do any of this? Well, who cares? It's yeah, they set them on timers. Like, how do you plan that out? If it was like you press this button and they all do it, that's one thing. But they put it on timers. <laughs> so you have to be like, oh, we're going to hit that next point exactly at the right second. It's a stretch, but who knows? Um, so uh, they set up all these little things, and they're starting to get all these compartments uh, loaded up with these warheads. Uh, but unfortunately, there's no way to really manually eject them. 
There is one way, but unfortunately, it is on the outside of the ship because he, uh, Raz never thought that he would actually be uh, manually ejecting these things. He never wanted that to happen. He never thought that this was a thing. So the the actual lever or switch or whatnot is on the outside, basically by the propeller, which means somebody has to go out there and uh, pull that lever. Uh, Raz goes out and does it. He ends up dying, unfortunately, because of this. But he says, "It's my ship. If it's my ship." It is my blood that I will give yeah. to it. If she needs blood, it will be my blood. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> oh, God. The way he says blood is just so memorable, too. Anyways, uh, so he goes out, pulls the lever. They're able to manually eject them now. They start loading up all the compartments with the warheads and start manually ejecting them. On the very last compartment, I believe, or the second to last one they eject, unfortunately, Zimski gets stuck in there because of... Uh, the explosions are starting <laughs> to go off. the stupidest deaths of them all to me, where something just rolls on his foot <laughs> and he can't leave now. Like, why didn't he, A, lift his foot up, or B, it rolled on there. Why can't it roll off? Yeah, these, the, it wasn't a, a great death, but... <laughs> and that's like trying to lift it. Like, oh, I can't lift it up. Just roll it back. No one said <laughs> it was a picture-perfect part of the movie, but it's still great. <laughs> Uh, so unfortunately, Zimski is stuck in this compartment. Josh needs to get out of there. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically Zimski's stuck in there. Oh yeah, that's right. It is the second to last one they eject. They eject it out. Zimski's stuck in there. He basically is going to end up dying. There needs to be one more warhead, but it needs to be stronger than the rest of the warheads to really get the rotation going. So he starts pulling out, like, the batteries or the mainframe or whatever the heck it is. Um, the nuclear yeah, the fuel stuff, rods for the fuel rods. Itself. There you go, and that yeah. will give it the extra boost and the extra power to make this stronger. Um, so Josh has to basically burn the bejesus out of his hands to do this. He ends up doing it. They eject it, and there's only basically the cockpit of the ship left. Where because the fuel rods are gone, there's no more power to the ship. So basically, what ends up happening is everything works out as they planned. All the bombs explode. The core starts again, and uh, what's his face comes up with an idea of basically, kind of using the propeller, and they only had enough power to basically propel themselves to the most ridiculous way ever. <laughs> to, yeah, I don't yeah. Know this how... part was where it kind of lost me. I was like, oh, they should just let him die. Like that's a good sacrifice. Just like. So what? You guys have to die, but you save the entire world. That's good enough. That's true. <laughs> you did a good job. But they they find the hole that they came in through somehow, and blast themselves basically because of all the power and everything in the solar panel because it's like a giant solar panel or something like that. I don't know. What, what, I'm not going to explain yeah. all the the science of this, but they make their way back through the hole that they came from to get into the ocean to where they are. The problem is, is there nobody knows they're down there. There's no communications or anything. Everything's burnt out. There's no more power to the ship, but then whales find them. And then the end of the movie happens where what's his face, the nerd, his name's rat in this movie. Um, he says whales and then they find them. Yeah. Which is also pretty far fetched that they would actually find them. And I don't know if that's how whales work. Like just because they hear a noise that sounds like singing, they're all going to go there and circle around. Like I'm sure they hear singing all the time. <laughs> what do they care? That's very true. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a happy ending. Yeah. Except for they, uh, 
it mentioned like they're on their way back and they're like, oh, you know, what what are you going to do after this? And he's just like, oh, I'll probably go back to teaching. And she's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to NASA. Look, they do all this. They save the whole planet and the like the government's not going to give them just like a huge payday. So they sit home the rest of their lives. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's the government. What do you got to do to get some money out of these cheapos? <laughs> they saved the whole planet. <laughs> nope, just back to business as usual. <laughs> Hopefully it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also said they want to take a shower. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> pizza then shower. Pizza and shower. Maybe pizza and shower. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe together, yep. That's pretty good. That's a good time. But yeah, that's the movie, The Core. Um, I like this movie. It's definitely up there as, uh, for me as far as disaster movies go. I've seen this movie so many times I've lost count. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty great movie. Yeah, uh, like I said, I have problems with the ending, but overall, I thought it was a good movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I was not mad at it, <laughs> so that's pretty good. It's probably better than a um, lot of movies that have come out recently. Yeah, that's for sure. If this was, yeah, if this came out current year, it would, might have a chance at my top ten because that's how bad of a year it's been. <laughs> so uh, the cast I thought was pretty good for the most part. It wasn't quite as loaded with like that guys as like Armageddon is. We're just like, holy shit! Like they got everybody in this movie. But this movie I thought it had a pretty good cast. Richard Jenkins was like the army guy. I always like seeing that dude and things. Um, Stanley Tucci was the Zisky guy. He's always good. Even that Surge guy, he's been in a few movies that I've seen, too. I feel like I've seen all these guys besides Raz in other movies before. Yeah, Raz, I thought they could have probably gone another route. Like, I've seen that guy, I'm sure, somewhere before, but he wasn't, like, a definitely couldn't pinpoint it or really he didn't leave that much of an impression on me they should have got like miles the guy who plays miles dyson in terminator 2 the guy who plays like a scientist in everything <laughs> i don't know i liked raz he was like the one guy that i, I mean, he was all right I, I really liked this character and uh the actor who played him but <clears throat> yeah i, I like when he was uh when he's sacrificing himself and the the guy who you know fucked him over before is just like you're right this is your ship but I wish it had been ours. I'm like, well, that's kind of not a very <laughs> nice thing to say. That's just kind of like, hey, I wish I was getting some credit for this. <laughs> like, maybe you could have said, hey, I'm sorry. Sorry I dicked <laughs> you over and tried to steal your shit. Not, boy, I wish I was part of this, too. <laughs> so I could get some more money out of this by being half owner. <laughs> Try to show some compassion. <laughs> Everybody dies. Who cares? Yep. Uh. It's true. They did, for the most part. <laughs> but not the next Karate Kid. Nope. <laughs> I've seen that movie a couple times, too. That's a pretty bad movie. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that one. I never will. <laughs> it was that a Disney movie. I think I've watched that probably about three times. It was not good any of the times. I wonder if they're ever going to address that on the uh, Cobra Kai. Hmm. I don't know. Like they'll ever just have her show up. Well, no, because she was never part of, like, that crew, besides Mr. Miyagi. But it was completely Yeah, she different. knew Mr. Miyagi, so that was it's... It. Yeah, it could be, you know, it could still happen. <laughs> you never know. That show rolls pretty deep with uh, their Karate Kid mythology. So they might do it someday. That's very strange. 
All you right. never know. Want to do the rock and roll? Yeah, let's do some 80s classic rock tournament. We're up to round five here. Uh, we've got some real great ones here. Hopefully we won't have to battle too hard. There's one I'm <laughs> definitely going to battle on. There's no doubt about it. Hopefully we're on the same page. All right. Well, first up, we've got ooh, a heavy hitter against a not-so-heavy hitter. we got Dreams by Van Halen. Uh-huh. It's a fucking amazing song. Yep. Versus Once Bitten, Twice Shy by oh, Great White. Yeah, Dreams for sure. Nothing yeah. beats that piano. <laughs> Dreams is going to fucking walk away with this whole round, I think. <laughs> you really can't beat that song. Uh, next up, we've got The Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden versus Rocket by Def Leppard. Ooh, I'm probably going to go Rocket, dude. Oh, you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't mind that at all. That's a good song. I like Number of the Beast, but it's uh, it's not as good as Rocket. <laughs> Rocket's catchier. Number of the Beast does have the fact that it was in a Tony Hawk game, though. That's the one thing it's got going for it. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got oh two songs with life in them. Uh, we got "Walk of Life" by Dire Straits and "18 in Life" by Skid Row. Oh man, um, I might go "18 uh, think, in Life." Yeah, that's where I was leaning as well. All right. "Walk of Life" is a good, fun keyboardy song, but. 18 in life is pretty damn solid. All right, this one. Oh, man, I hope you don't argue with me on this one. You know I'm going to. Because <laughs> is my one of my favorite songs probably ever. <laughs> yeah, this is the one where I'm going to pull out the die. Oh, no. Don't even do it. We've got Ace of Spades by Motorhead versus Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Oh, my God. This is the one thing I was wishing never happened because I'm definitely turning up <laughs> or turn up the radio. Cause that one, I—it's not that I'm even against Ace of Spades, because I really am, but I really do like don't or turn up the radio. Ace of Spades great, doesn't great seem song. '80s to me. Where turn up the radio is '80s. Oh yeah, it's very '80s for sure. I'll give you that. But Ace of Spades came out in 1980, so it technically qualifies. <laughs> See. What it is is it sounds like a 70s song, which it basically is. They probably wrote it in the 70s. The 80s is what, well, I'm just going to have to roll. There's no way I'm going to get around that. Face of Spades doesn't make it. I'm going to just fucking end the whole tournament. <laughs> this is a sham. It's not even a sham. Turn Up the Radio is a better 80s song than Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades, to you, might be a better song, but this is the 80s classic rock tournament. We're not grading them on their 80s-ishness. I'm grading them. We're grading them on their quality of song. Turn Up the Radio is better, for sure. All right. What are you going to have your Ace of Spades? Oh, God. I'm going to go odds because Ace would be an odd. (laughs) That's so stupid. <laughs> and radios always go on even numbers. Yes. It's a four. Oh, my butthole. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for you, but I was like, I hate that song. 
I hate the 80s. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Snap through this pencil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got two songs that aren't as good as Ace of Spades. Uh, Ragdoll by Aerosmith versus Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I got to go Ragdoll. Yeah, I was going to say Ragdoll. Because he too. sings like some weird <laughs> old timey like lady singer. Ragdoll, living in a movie. It's just such a, <laughs> I think it's just a better song over Bark yeah. at the Moon. I agree. Bark <laughs> at the Moon's fine, but. <laughs> Old lady. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Like, who was that? Mae West? One of those people like that? It's just like, there, see? <laughs> Classic Aerosmith. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we got Kickstart My Heart. Ooh, I love this song by Motley Crue. Uh, Against Lonely is the Night by Billy Squire. Mm. You know, my heart lies on this, where it needs a kickstart. <laughs> this is probably my favorite Motley Crue song. Mm. Shout out to the Devil's Close, but heart's so good. Yeah, let's do kickstart the heart. Whoa. Yeah. I am right. sad that Walk of Life didn't make it, but that's okay. I'm, I'm kind of sad. Yeah. Um, we got one little bracket here. We got Another One Bites the Dust by Queen versus Don't Tell Me You Love Me by Night Ranger. Don't Tell Me You Love Me. I don't remember that one. Yeah, not here. Don't tell me you love me. Oh, yeah, there Don't is. tell me you love me. Don't tell me I don't want to know. It's weird. Um, Let's do Queen. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much a classic. <laughs> the vacuum cleaner is going to suck up everything. The vacuum cleaner is going to suck up everything. Dun, 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 dun. The vacuum cleaner is going to suck up everything. <laughs> uh, the, next up, we've got The Waiting by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers versus Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Oh, we got to go Living on a Prayer. Yeah. I like The Waiting a lot, but yeah, Living on a Prayer is pretty damn <laughs> strong. Not a spade strong, but strong. All right, so round two, we've got Dreams by Van Halen versus Rocket by Def Leppard. Oh. <laughs> what a matchup. It'll still be Dreams, but, man, that sucks. Yeah. It's just a bad draw. Man, I love Dreams. Uh, next up, we've got 18 in Life versus Ace of Spades. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure it is. Turn up the radio. 
is going to be my choice. Right. <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't even care about that bracket anymore. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Ragdoll versus Kickstart My Heart. Ragdoll, probably. Oh, we're going to have to roll, I think. I got to go kick Kickstart. All right, I'm going to go odds with Ragdoll. Because Aerosmith's an odd. <laughs> we go Kickstart My Heart because. Oh, wait. No, I'm going even, right? Yeah, you're going even. Because hearts have four chambers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five. Ragdoll. Oh, where were you last time, five? <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you what the damn dice says. Oh, man. All my favorites are getting killed this week. Uh, next up, we got the last one in this round. Another one bites the dust versus living on a prayer. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna That's go. tough. Those are both classics. I know. Ugh. I'm going to say living on a prayer. It's the one Bon Jovi song I, I don't actually mind. That and It's My Life. But that was in, uh, what, late 90s, early 2000s? Oh, it's the only ones? They're the only ones that I truly like. And the other ones are all right, but living on a prayer is just a classic. And It's My Life just reminds me of, it's just nostalgic to me. Yeah, that was definitely a good era. That was right before Bon Jovi died. Yep. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Once you go country, you're dead to me and to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that makes our final four for this week. Dreams, turn up the radio. <laughs> That's a good Ragdoll. one. <laughs> and living out of prayer. <laughs> uh so we got to pick a runner-up. I'm going to say turn up the radio. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? I'm going to say... Oh, uh, man. What what was the options again? Uh, dreams, turn up the radio, ragdoll, and living on a prayer. Yeah, I'll say turn up the radio with you. All right. Okay. All right, well, that's week five. I think we got four more to go in the Tournament of Champions. Um, I think maybe next week we'll uh, we'll take a little breather from that and try to do the Flyleaf uh, list, our ultimate Flyleaf playlist. Mm. Okay. I think I've thought about it a lot, and I guess we, sh- we could include the Lazy Sturm solo songs. All it's a little harder. Need that challenge. <laughs> it's like tightening our belt so we don't feel hunger pains. Gonna tighten my belt so I don't feel hunger pains. <laughs> For one notch. <laughs> so yeah, send me your list and I'll send you my list and we'll see where this goes. I'm very excited because I, like Offspring, I kind of know which songs like you know you like and which songs I like. <laughs> and you know we have where we overlap a lot like but this one i really don't fucking know <laughs> that's fair i know we both leave but mm. <laughs> we'll see what we'll happens. find out yeah it'll be interesting we'll see who we can finger on this one <laughs> is it lacy <laughs> no 
<laughs> oh, is it the guy with the weird cardboard face? <laughs> we call him Big Head. <laughs> Why is it always him? <laughs> Just the Big Head. Uh. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's do some album artwork. While oh. I open up the spreadsheet. Alrighty. <laughs> What would you like to do for album artwork this week? All right. I think I'm going to choose System of a Down is going to be my choice. Yes. The old Soad. Soad. It's the (laughs) band that got back together and hasn't made a new album since 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. They're still together, still touring, and yet they've not done a damn album since since 2005. (laughs) That's some extreme writer's block. Yeah, so this one's going to be a much shorter one, but I like some of their uh, the albums. Definitely Steal This Album is the one that came to mind when I was thinking about it. So um, the first album is self-titled, so we know that that's going to be good. <laughs> yep, not off to a good start. So, mm. And it's a picture of a hand. Yep. <laughs> that's how you know it's good. It's very old-timey. Um. It's, yeah, just a black background and a hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, I would say. <laughs> they um, put a lot of work into this one. <laughs> I'm just realizing now that this might be our lowest rating album art section we've ever done. Based on... I've got some of those coming up too myself, so we'll see who can battle it out for the lowest spots. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give this one, I don't think it's a terrible art, but I don't think it's great either. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean, it it looks okay, but certainly not a whole lot there to judge off of. (laughs) It's just, just not, it's just not, (laughs) uh, album, uh, name is obviously a one and the connection between the two. Yeah, it's it's a one. It's going to be a one on that. (laughs) They didn't show System of a Down. It wasn't a band shot. Well, unless it's one of their hands. <laughs> could be one of their hands. Oh, it could be. But they'd look, they would probably have to be born in like the 1920s by this picture. That's true. <laughs> or they just did some editing to it, maybe. Oh, I just remembered what the lead singer of uh, System of a Down's name is. Serge Tannen. It ties in with our movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> almost like you planned it <laughs> i did of course that's why i was so fluid all right so th- the next album is toxicity oh toxicity of my titties of my titties no sucking on my teeth Drinking all my milk out, my milk out. You, please just stop drinking all of my milk out of my, my milk. Um, so this one's kind of like the Hollywood uh, sign kind of thing, but instead of Hollywood, it's a system of a down. Um, and then it's got some antennae and stuff like that up atop. Um, to me, this is, is that really up there at the uh, Hollywood sign, or is that just something they added for effect? I don't know. I've never noticed that in the background of, but it could be. It could be, and no one truly knows. Um, to <laughs> me, uh, this one is a classic cover. 
Uh, it's definitely, it looks like it's shot again, like old timey. But I would say that this is a six for me, even though it's not a whole lot going on. But at least, I don't know, just classic to me, anyways. I do like the uh, the spelling of the name, like the Hollywood sign. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that takes some work. <laughs> a little digital manipulation there. That's cool. I like it. Mm, that's uh, gonna be name, the name of my next toxicity. Album. I like that. Yep, I'm gonna give like that, that a, a seven on that. Yeah, sounds good. That's pretty good. Uh, oh boy, the connection between the two. Uh, this one can go hand in hand, just based off the album itself. This is basically just always a a, a poop against America, or at least American government. So <laughs> they could be saying that a lot of things, you know, maybe in California are toxic or whatnot, or even the antennas <laughs> up top are toxic. I mean, I really don't know what they're aiming for, but just judging off the album, I know that it's... Uh, quite a an interesting album that really... i mean maybe if you break it down into its parts like it's toxic city and they're saying like hollywood is a toxic city <laughs> well they definitely don't like hollywood and that's in their other songs as well boy oh boy they are not a big fan of it so <laughs> that could be it <laughs> according to this it was uh the studio it was recorded in cello studios hollywood california perfect um yeah i mean i'll give it a four you gotta stretch i'll probably give it a three all right that's fair if you really stretch it can make somewhat of sense but you got to do a lot of mental gymnastics all right well the next album oh wait the connection oh we already did that yeah uh the next album is steal this album (laughs) <laughs> i like this like this a lot yeah this one is very weird um i love this album uh it's literally it says per like if you see on some albums it says parental advisory explicit content have you actually seen this album in like fye or any like cd stores uh maybe it's possible back in the day so there is no book there's no art book. It's literally a CD case, and it's got the album, uh, like or the uh, the song tracks on the back. But there's no book in this. It's literally a clear cover or the clear case with the CD that says "System of a Down, Steal This Album." <laughs> That's pretty great. It's amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. And this definitely reminds me of the good old days when I had like that booklet full of CDs with handwritten titles on them. So. Yep. Man, that takes me back to good times. Uh, this this one, I think, is just getting for me, and I don't care. I don't even uh, tens all the way around until we get to the connection, and then I'll probably give that uh, a nine. <laughs> I was just looking at the Wikipedia thing here, and it says commenting on the track I E A O I O. Yep, drummer. Drummer John Doleman said it was inspired by an encounter he had with Knight Riders actor David Hasselhoff in a liquor store in Los Angeles when he was around 12. (laughs) (laughs) I love that song to death, and I have no idea what that would even mean or how he would even get to that point. (laughs) Oh, there's a quote. He was getting a drink, not an alcoholic beverage, a soda or something. He was walking out, and I couldn't believe it. Here was Knight Rider in front of me. And I said, Knight Rider... I must have been 12. He looked at me and he goes, hey, kid. And he kind of pointed the finger at me, cowboy style. 
<laughs> I told Serge the story. So the lyrics, meeting John at Dale's Jr., winked an eye and point a finger. Dale's Jr. was the liquor store. There's a little insight. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought that was the IEAO part. <laughs> That's oh, no. just what drunk David Hasselhoff was saying. John Dale Jr. winked an eye and pointed a finger. Why? That's so good. <laughs> now we know the rest of the story. I don't know what the other four or the other three verses mean, but whatever. John Dale Jr. winked an eye and pointed a finger. We need John Dale Jr. winked an eye and pointed a finger. All right. Next album. <laughs> Wait, we didn't give this one any scores. Oh, I did. I gave it 10, 10, and a 9. Oh. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Only a 9 for the connection. Because it, it doesn't connect super well. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think it I think it does. Because it's basically like they're, you know, saying just steal this album and make a burned copy of it. Oh, that's true. what this looks like, so. 10's all the way around. Just give it tens. Yeah, that's fair. Got no beef with that. Not even pork. None of it. <laughs> None Mesmerize of is our next album. Mesmerize. Mm, mesmerize. Well, this oh, one's kind of this one's kind of thick on theme, I suppose. <laughs> huh. This is uh, interesting. Yep. Back to the black background. So this one has to. Uh, this was uh, the first part of a two-part CD thing, which is the second one is uh, hypnotize. Um, but uh, uh, these were the last two albums that they made. So mesmerize uh, has a picture of a face that looks like there's a weird like mirror image with another. It's like a lot of mirror images and stuff with like a, a swinging medallion of some sort. Uh, trying to hypnotize you or whatnot or mesmerize you or whatever, coming from a clock in the middle of a forehead. <laughs> Sounds like I'm on drugs. Um, it does. You've been drinking that monster again. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this one is a cool album. Uh, I always get it confused, though, with Hypnotize because they're both very, very close. But Oh, I'll see that one. Yeah. Name's definitely close. <laughs> yeah. I like this album better. Hmm. Uh, huh. Let's see. So what are you thinking for artwork? Artwork, I'll probably give a six. I don't think it's bad. I probably would go four. It's not up my alley too much, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I, I like Hypnotize's artwork better than Mesmerize's artwork. So there's that. All right. What about Mesmerize as an album name? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm going to give that uh, one probably a seven. I like the yeah, name. I'll give it a six. <sighs> um, connection between the two is pretty damn strong. Yeah, I'll probably give that a, man, probably a nine or a ten. We'll go 9.5. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> 9.5. Put your body in overdrive. All right. And their last album is (laughs) Hypnotize. 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 This one I like. I like the album a lot more. It kind of takes part of the last album where the clock is still there, but now this time it's in pieces. You still got that swinging medallion or ball or whatnot going back and forth. Mm -hmm. 
Um, this one's got a blue face, which I like the blue face. It just con- contrasts a lot better um, with everything with these yellow lines up top. It's very abstract. Um, but it's cool. I like it. It covers more of that black area, too. So it's not just a weird black album again. It's, it's true. It's, there's more darker colors or darker tones, but it's definitely cooler looking. Um, to me, I think that this one's much better. I think that this one's probably going to be a 7 or an 8 for me as far as album cover or album art. Okay. Which would you like to go with? I'm going to go with an eight. All right. I think I definitely like this one better. So I'll probably give it a 5.5. Okay. It's just, it's barely even average for you. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a full point and a half above the last one. That's pretty good. (laughs) All right. Hypnotize probably give this one a seven as well it's keeping with a cool yeah. theme I'm trying to figure out which one i like better mesmerize or hypnotize i feel like mesmerize you don't hear as much it's true but hypnotize like looks better it does hypnotize <laughs> hypno chan <laughs> hypno lee oh <laughs> uh, yeah i'll go with the seven Connection between the two is, again, it's going to be strong. I'm probably going to give this one a nine. That is also fair. Actually, you know what? No, I'll I'll give this one a full ten. It is definitely more more hypnotizing to look at, this one. The medallion's (laughs) much stronger on this one. you got the clock breaking. It's it's kind of just putting me in a hypnosis right now. It's because you're loaded on Monster. (laughs) (laughs) You're open to suggestion. (laughs) No one asked for your opinion. <laughs> oh, wow. That actually didn't do too bad. Um, since there's only five albums, yeah, their average score comes out to 6.416. All right. So they actually did better than Offspring. Oh, it's because of their lack of albums. <laughs> yeah. And the first one, first album didn't hurt them as much as I thought it would. Yeah, I know. I, I thought that I was going to dump them. Just tank the shit yeah. out of them. All right, cool. <laughs> Surge tanky and the shit out of it. Did you end up watching uh, Ready or Not or whatever? I did. Yeah. Again, for some reason, my theater did not show this movie. So I had to go back to the stupid quarry, and everyone there was annoying me, which didn't help. Uh, but I did see the movie. Um, and I was just saying it's kind of okay. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend anyone having to go see it right away. Uh, you can certainly wait. I thought it was going to be a lot better. It very much seemed like it was going to be like a, you know, like a black comedy, essentially, uh, about this family hunting this girl down and stuff. But it, it kind of walked the line between being a black comedy and like a serious movie and not really succeeding at either one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, so I'll, I mean, the setup is great. Uh, so this this girl's getting married into this rich family. Um, they basically made their fortune on, I know you like this part, on being a game-making company. Finally. Yep. <laughs> they make board games. Uh, and apparently they basically, you know, their family, long, long time ago, their great-great-grandfather was coming over on the boat or something and made a deal with basically the devil uh, to, you know, become rich and have this this board-gaming empire. <laughs> But uh, so basically every once in a while they have to sacrifice someone to this devil. Um, 
basically whenever someone gets married in the family, they have this deck of cards, and that person has to draw one of the cards out of the deck. Uh, if it's any other game besides hide and seek, it's just a normal game. Like it could be checkers or badminton or, you know, croquet or something. And then you just have to play that against one of the family members at midnight and then whatever you're part of the family. But if it's the hide and seek card, then you have to hide and they all try to hunt you down and murder you. <laughs> um, basically they want to find you and then they'll do like a ritual sacrifice type deal. So they can't like kill you. While they're hunting you, essentially, they got to get you to a certain area and say these certain words and all this bullshit. Uh, so the setup is great. Yeah, so far so good. Um, but it took a little while to get to that to the part where they started actually playing. So I was like, "All right, come on, let's get to it." And then once that started, I'm like, "All right, now we're off to the races. Things are really going to get good." And it it never really did. <laughs> that was kind of the problem. Uh, like you kind of expect in this kind of movie that either one of two things is going to happen. Basically the family members all, you know, just keep dying because of their own incompetence, kind of like the babysitter, uh, you know, where they're just all fucking their own shit up (laughs) or, you know, the person just kind of gets lucky and they keep killing off these people. Or the person's going to be like a secret badass and like actually start taking them out, like do cool things to kind of take out the family members one by one. And really none of that happens. (laughs) Well, that's depressing. Yeah, like the main girl, like Samara Weaving, obviously I love her. She was good for what she had to work with in this movie. But she was almost like a secondary character for a large part of it, where they're like trying to hunt her down, but like she's not in it so much, and it's mostly just the family members talking about like, oh, yeah, I guess we should do this. I don't really want to, but we should. You got to, you know, oh, the grandma who had to hunt her husband down, she she wishes that she had participated because now she realizes it was important and just all these weird scenes about the family and what they're thinking and stuff. And it's just like, well, when's like the cool shit going to happen? <laughs> and it, it didn't. Well, that's depressing. Like in a, yeah. And a movie like this, like you would kind of expect the family members to all be like crazy over the top kind of characters. And there'd be a lot of humor there, but there really weren't. I mean, some of them were a little slightly wacky, but never too much. <laughs> So it's like, oh, not too much. <laughs> yeah. We still have that's a long exactly way they... to go. <laughs> and that's the thing. They never got to that long way. It was just kind of, oh, we're going to ration it out, but never actually get there. And even like the, you'd think like, oh, she's going to get in some crazy situations and she's got to get herself out of it. And really not so much. They were all very kind of tame and, you know. Nothing that extreme for the most part. So it's not like it was going for, you know, extreme horror or extreme comedy, black comedy. It was just kind of right down the middle. (laughs) Hmm. All right. Well. Yeah. So I'm not sure what's coming out this week. From what I was seeing on Rotten Tomatoes, it didn't look like anything. (laughs) It's coming out in wide release. Oh. So way to go, Hollywood. (laughs) You did it again. You fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't you shit in my shoes this week you shit <laughs> you shit in my shoes this week i know it makes me so sad might have to go see once upon a time in hollywood again even though it wasn't that great well that's depressing <laughs> i know i'm hoping for some good movies soon i think it chapter two comes out maybe next week oh really September? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, September 6th, I wanted to say. 
You know, I got tickets already. Let me make sure. Good grief. It chapter two. September 5th. Dang. All right. Well, that's cool. Yes. Got that to look forward to at least. Cool. That's good. When I saw, I went to a couple weeks ago to see uh, they were doing a re like a re release of the first it chapter one. Oh yeah. Um, and like afterwards, they showed like an extended scene from it chapter two. Uh huh. It was great. <laughs> oh. So far, so good. It showed basically like the whole scene of them all getting back together at the restaurant. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was like probably six, seven minutes long. I was like, damn. Huh. All right. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty great. Then they showed the trailer right after. So, I mean, you've already seen the trailer, but it was cool to see it on the big screen and all that. Right after seeing the uh, the scene. So, if it's anything like that, it looks like we're in for for a good movie. <laughs> Damn, I'm excited. Well, I'm cool. I'm I'm good with it. I'm excited to see yeah. that one. Did you see that new trailer for? Uh... Oh God, that one that. Oh, who is in that movie? Uh, Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones is in. Oh, yeah. I've seen that a bunch already. It looks good. It's getting <laughs> really horny. I hope it's good. I get the feeling it's going to be one of those like very slow movies that hopefully pays off, but we'll see. I'm excited and horny. I don't know if you heard <laughs> me about the horny part. <laughs> uh, I'm horny about it. Oh. <laughs> cool. Space movie with Liv Tyler in it. That's a good thing. That is true. It's strange, but true. I was wishing it was. I wish they tied it into the movie Space Cowboys, <laughs> where Tommy Lee Jones just ended up like lost in space on a planet. I was like, oh, this should be a sequel. The I've never seen that movie. <laughs> it's not bad. It's basically like they're sending all these old guys to space for some reason. It's got like you know uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, yeah. <laughs> it's not not the worst thing in the world nice well i've got some news just real quick um that gem that gem game has impregnated me <laughs> it's put its baby inside of me and uh in about nine months i will be a mother <laughs> congratulations thank you i hope it doesn't come out in pieces it becomes fully assembled. It will do something, that's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, but in all truthfulness, uh, the the gem game that I've been kind of working on on and off now for the last month or so, um, it's a uh, it's a game that I'm very very excited. It should be on the Game Crafter actually very soon. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a few more things with playtesting and whatnot. Uh, I still got to create the back of the box, but I think besides that, that's basically it. Um, the game is basically a game in which uh, you have, uh, I believe, six actions, and it comes with uh, a bunch of gems, and uh, one, two, three, yeah, six. So the game comes with a bunch of cards and gems and some player boards and whatnot, and what you're doing in the game is you're trying to collect gems, and you're going to be using those gems to build weapons and armor, and then ideally what you want to do is use that uh, those weapons and armor to slay monsters. You can also recruit help, um, so it can be different citizens that may help you uh, with your actions or even give you some victory points because at the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins. Um, there's many different ways of scoring points, but you'll be using these actions and you'll only get one action a turn to basically try to do as much as you can to its most efficient way of 
getting those points or gaining those points. Uh, the game is called Amethyst. I should have said that first. Uh, it's a jewel crafting game. Uh, so I'm really, really excited to um, get this out. Uh, I just came up with the name finally yesterday. Like we, we were talking about, uh, we were watching the core and they ran into a, a geode filled with amethyst. So I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's the one. Um, and it just makes so many names right here. Uh, there's, there was that one, oh, there's that one thing where it's just like, it just makes the most sense because you get so many points for amethyst in this game. So it just made sense. But yeah, overall, uh, I've played tested it a bunch of times. I'm really, really excited uh, to get this game out. Like I said, it should be in, in the next couple of weeks, at least on the Game Crafter. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm it's excited. A brand new gaming company, right? Yeah, thank you. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm I'm I've retired the name C and D Games as I've I've loved that name for so long, but unfortunately, I felt like it was just a little too generic. Um, so I've moved to the GBF or I moved to GBF Games which is the Gummy Bear Factory Games. Um, so yes. it's got a really cool logo. Uh, I'm very excited. Oh, I love the logo. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of good stuff. So really excited uh, for the future. So we'll see what happens and hoping to get this out to a lot of people because this is a very simple, quick, and fun uh, like gateway-style game. So, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got yeah, I'm now. excited. I'm very excited to play it someday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll give it to everybody for Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wanna play my You're copy? No, so you play my with copy. Your gifts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's pretty much all we got. You got anything else? Uh, that's about it. I guess uh, next week on the show we'll be talking about the movie Brightburn. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I will send you that code right about now for the digital copy, so we'll have that. Sweet. That makes me horny. (laughs) Yeah, it should be good. I think you'll like it. It's, uh, I mean, you like DC movies and you like horror, so. (laughs) I I do like both of those things. If this doesn't please you, I don't know what will. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) All righty. Well, cool. Well, this has been another amazing podcast from the original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip and eat your salami. Bye, everybody.